Welcome to Doula Dang Thing, the podcast where we get you ready for parenthood. Today we're talking about birth centers. Yay! (laughs) Just a little tip, everything in this podcast is not intended for medical advice. If you have any medical issues or anything like that, make sure you're definitely talking to your care provider. Hey everyone, I'm Ashley, your doula, and I'm here with my sister Natasha. Hello! How are you feeling about a birth center? We've talked about hospital births, kind of. We've talked kind of about home births. Yeah, I mean, birth centers are, I mean, fairly new in my knowledge bank, but it always sounded like a really nice hybrid of the two. So it's, I'm excited to learn more. It always, from the little that I know about it, it's the place that sounds like most me. So Mm. I'm going to have a lot of questions today for sure. Great. Let's dig right in. Cool. I guess, what's a birth center? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so a birth center, you're right. It is a great hybrid model. So there are different types of birth centers. Some are attached to a hospital and or like inside of a hospital. And some are freestanding and are not associated with a hospital. The difference is, you know, if you are in birth and something happens and there's an emergency, or you decide you want an epidural, or you need a C-section, or anything like that, having a birth center attached to the hospital is really easy because they just kind of wheel you right over there, and everything's taken care of. If you're at a freestanding birth center, they'll have an an ambulance come and come get get you and take you to the hospital. Are birth centers a relatively new thing, or they've been around forever and I just am hearing about them? No, they're fairly new, I believe. I don't know exactly when they opened, but, but they haven't been around forever. And when you are deciding to use a birth center, are there birth centers with doctors or are they all led by midwives? That depends on the center. Typically, if it's attached or inside of a hospital, they'll have some sort of, you know, they'll work with the doctors in some way or something like that. And they'll have a relationship with the doctors there. But a freestanding birth center, there's usually only midwives. It's usually not doctors. Okay. And is there... I mean, you mentioned last episode about different levels of midwives. Are there only certified midwives or is that something that can differ within birthing centers? That can also differ, but they will be certified because a birth center is a certified building. Like they have rules and things like that, rules and regulations, just like similar to a hospital would. Mm -hmm. They have certain things they have to follow. So they most likely wouldn't be allowed to just hire a midwife without any certifications. Okay. And are the rules that they have to follow similar to hospital rules? Like, I remember you said that there needs to be, like, you have to put a port in your arm. Is so there usually not. Like okay. Usually not. Usually they they favor just letting you birth and only stepping in when necessary, which is great. Uh, they don't force anything on you. They usually have respect for your autonomy, which is your choice about your body and your control over the decisions about your care and and what's happening within your body. And they have kind of like a homey atmosphere. Like they don't look like a hospital. They try to make it look more like a home. So it is a nice balance between feeling more comfortable, like you're in somebody's house instead of a hospital, but also with all of the amenities that a hospital might have, like 
you know, the the beds that are, you know, easy to birth in. They have a birth tub already there, already set up for you and, and ready to go. And you don't have to clean up the mess when it's done and all of that, that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So they are a great hybrid in that sense. Like as far as aesthetic is concerned, they don't typically look like a hospital. Okay. Do midwives and nurses work together or are they have do they have nurses there? Yeah, so they usually have um, assistants or nurses or, or people there to help you. Um, doulas are very welcome at a birthing center. They might even have them on staff. You know, it just depends on, on what center you choose. Okay, and what are some of the key things that somebody would want to look into when choosing a birthing center? Well, definitely with anything you choose regarding birth, making sure you feel comfortable and calm and safe. That's A number one. So go to the birthing center. Um, You can choose where you want to give birth. Start looking early on just to make sure you can look at everything available to you within your area. If you need to maybe drive a little bit further and it's worth it to you to go to some place that you feel more comfortable. You know, just having those options open to you early on is great because then you're not scrambling at the end like, I'm not comfortable here. I don't like it. I got to find somewhere else. So starting early, looking around at the different options available to you, going to the birth center, looking at what the room looks like. So that way you can say this feels good or this feels bad or gross or scary or, you know, whatever feelings it will bring up, knowing that ahead of time is great. Mm-hmm. And when looking for a birthing center, I mean, I'm assuming there's not a ton of options. Is that a correct assumption? Typically not. Okay. In most areas, you'll have like a few maybe, but you'll definitely have more options for hospitals. Okay. And so you choose your birthing center and they have a staff of midwives that you are that you meet with or mm-hmm. kind of what does the checkup process look and that kind of thing? Yeah. So they can handle all of your prenatal checkups. You'll go to the birthing center and they'll check you just like a doctor would and make sure everything's going well. If it turns out that you do have a high risk pregnancy, you'll usually have to transfer over to a doctor. I'm sure they'll have great recommendations for you if you don't know where to start. But if you're not high risk, they can handle your entire pregnancy. Okay. If you're high risk and you're at a birthing center that is within a hospital, you might have more options as far as staying with a midwife or not. Just depends. You'll have to ask those questions when you meet with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are they still labeling over 35-year-old high risk? Technically, yes. However, there are there is some wiggle room depending on how comfortable the midwife is with that. Because they have insurance, malpractice insurance, just like doctors do. And that's like the main reason why, you know, they label high risk because they don't want to get in trouble. So making sure that, you know, you ask those questions, especially if you are over 35 or younger than 17, that's also considered high risk. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you are more susceptible to complications during birth, but that doesn't mean that that's for sure going to happen, obviously. So just talking with them and seeing what they have to say about it and if they're comfortable taking you on as a patient or client. If something were to happen, you're like not labeled mid or high risk, excuse me, but you're in a birthing center, are, me- are there certain medical interventions that can happen at a birthing center that can't necessarily happen at a home birth? Only if it's within a hospital. Okay. 
So if you have any sort of complication or a high risk thing and you know, they need to do like some sort of med- medical procedure, you will have to go to the hospital. So it is nice to have a birthing center that's attached to a hospital. It makes it nice and easy just in case. It's very rare. It's only like 2% of births or something like that that have to be transferred to the hospital for an emergency situation. Um, but it is it is somewhat common for them to want to get an epidural if, you know, you're in your, your birth and you're like, sometimes it's not even a matter of feeling pain. Like sometimes you're okay with feeling the pain, but your body can't relax during the pain. If you're not relaxed, baby has a tough time moving down and, and your cervix has a tough time opening. So sometimes an epidural will help you to relax your body and your pelvis to make birth happen. Hmm. Interesting. So can you get an epidural? Like if you're at a center connected to the hospital, can you get an epidural and then get wheeled back into the birthing center? No, <laughs> that'd be cool though. But no, typically not because when you're on it, when you have an epidural or any sort of like narcotic medication for pain, you're going to be required to be monitored by an anesthesiologist. And birthing centers do not usually have an anesthesiologist on site, and so that wouldn't be allowed for you to have those medications at the birthing center. What kind of monitoring is available at a birthing center? So typically at a birthing center you'll have similar options for monitoring as a hospital, but they don't always utilize all of those things because like continuous monitoring, hooking you up to a monitor the whole time you're in labor, it doesn't improve outcomes. And in fact, it actually causes more C-sections to happen than need to happen because babies are kind of moving around or, you know, if you're in a certain position that puts compression on the umbilical cord and then you move and then it's fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So having that monitor on all the time actually does more harm than good and it doesn't improve outcomes whatsoever. And in the hospital, you can have them do um, intermittent monitoring. So they just check you every couple hours or, you know, something like that. At a birthing center, they kind of let you do your thing and they'll maybe listen to baby's heartbeat every once in a while, but you're not going to be monitored the entire time, most likely. Okay. So can we just do another play-by-play, my favorite thing, um, of what your birth looks like at a birthing center? So I arrived to the birthing center. You arrived to the birthing center. Well, actually, and you're no. In labor. Wait, <laughs> rewind. Okay. Oh my gosh, I have contractions. How long should I wait? Is a birthing center, since it's a more comfortable situation, somewhere that I go a little earlier, or I still try to wait as long as I can? You're still going to want to try to wait as much as you can, because if you're taking up their room and you're not progressing, they'll just send you home. Okay. And because I'm assuming, maybe incorrectly, that a birthing center is a little bit more patient with you and your labor... Is there any price differences? Is it covered by insurance the same way as a hospital? So, yes, they are usually more patient. Uh, Not always, though. You should ask them, you know, their percentage rate of who gets transferred out of there. That's a really good question to ask a birthing center. And they don't always take insurance. So definitely ask ahead of time, do you accept my insurance? Talk to your insurance company. Do you cover this birthing center? And all of that good stuff. They are, though, usually less expensive than giving birth at a hospital. So if you don't have insurance or your insurance doesn't cover it, 
they are less expensive than hospital births. Okay. And do you need to, from an insurance perspective, do they tell you what hospital they will take you to to ensure that you're covered at that hospital? Or does all billing go through the birthing center if you do need to get transferred to a hospital? The billing will not, the, the hospital billing will not go through the birthing center. That will be your responsibility. Okay. So definitely talk to them about that also. Say, hey, if something does happen, where do I go? Who will take me? How will this happen? You know, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And make sure you you know what will happen in case of an emergency so that way you're prepared and it's not scary. If the hospital that they normally take people to doesn't take your insurance, is there an option to get transferred to another nearby hospital? If there's an emergency and they want to transfer you to a hospital, they're going to transfer you to the closest hospital to the birthing center. So make sure that 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 one's covered by insurance and that you're okay going to that hospital because they're not going to travel far distances if you need to get there right away. Okay. Okay, so I'm back to the play-by-play. Oh, right. I forgot we were even doing that. I know. Let's just start again. Okay. Okay, Okay, go. Okay, so let's do a play-by-play of a labor at a birthing center. Okay. So, oh my gosh, I have contractions. I'm going to wait as long as possible. Good job, Natasha. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. This is not comfortable. <laughs> Great. So your contractions are four minutes apart. They're lasting for one minute for at least an hour. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's typically the advice they give. I'll write that give. down. <laughs> That's typically the advice they give when it's time to go to the hospital. That's kind of how you know. You're timing your contractions. And then... They're getting really intense. They're increasing in intensity. That's most, most important. We want to make sure that they are getting more intense, that they are getting, I mean, I won't say painful because actually some people don't have a lot of pain associated with contractions. It's rare, but they actually like have orgasms and stuff from contractions sometimes. Cool. Yeah. So hopefully you'll be one of those people. <laughs> That's it. That was not my experience. However... <laughs> So that is possible. So I won't say pain, but they should be increasing in intensity. And then you're going to go to the birthing center and it's a little different at the check-in because they're just like, all right, come on in. So there's no triage? No, not usually. They usually just put you in a room and they will um, check you out, see how you're doing, see if you need anything. And they'll be more hands-off than at a hospital. When you get there, how can they guarantee a room is available? That's a great question to ask them because they may have some policies in place that prevent all of the rooms from being taken at one time. Definitely ask what their backup plan is. If you go into labor and all of the rooms are taken, where do they send you? What are you supposed to do? And have a a plan ahead of time just in case. So you'll be in your room and... They just kind of let you labor and they don't bug you that much. They'll check the baby's heartbeat every so often and make sure everything's going well. But other than that, they're going to let you do your thing. And is it similar to a hospital where you have one nurse or one person assigned to you throughout their shift? Yeah, most likely. I mean, every birthing center could have different policies, different staff staffing situations but most likely that's the case because 
it's hard when, you know, different people are coming in and out of the room when you're giving birth. So they try to keep it as private and as respectful as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm asking this question or why it comes up to mind, but is there any religious affiliations with certain birth centers? There might be. Okay. That's possible. And would they, like, I'm just thinking, like, of a Catholic hospital, like, there's certain things that you hear, like, some hospitals don't do. There's things that people should be cognizant of in birthing centers as well. Sure, if that that's a concern for them, yeah. Okay. Okay, so when a parent arrives, they are not checked like they are at a hospital. They just hang out in labor. Does anyone make sure that they're in labor? For yeah, real? so they're gonna they're gonna want to see you having contractions. I mean, you can tell when somebody's having a contraction. They'll know how intense it is or not by your behavior, and they'll look at that. They might, you know, check your cervix. They can still do all that stuff just like a doctor would, but they don't have to if you don't want to. We talked about that in another episode, and. They really take more of a hands-off approach because they only step in when there's a problem. And they'll judge where you are in your labor by how you're acting and the noises you're making and things you're saying and stuff like that. Okay. And then are there any rules around guests or is that the same as a hospital right now? Right now, probably. They probably don't let other people in. But typically, yeah, they are definitely going to have visitor limitations just like a hospital would. So in that aspect, it differs from a home birth. You can't have your entire extended family at your house, you know, Mm -hmm. or at your birth, I mean. And then being in a room where there's a tub, if somebody is birthing or laboring, what's it called? Laboring? Laboring is when you're having contractions and your cervix is dilating, and then pushing is when you're actually pushing the baby out, or birthing is when you're pushing the baby out. Okay. So laboring, and I'm like, oh, that tub looks nice in the corner of the room. Mm -hmm. Do I just set it up myself since there's, it's like a less hands-on approach? Is that something that I do or do I call in help and they have to do it? They'll still help you. You don't have to do it yourself. You can if you want, I guess, but I mean, there's no reason for you to have to do anything other than giving birth or laboring. So um, they'll come in and they'll fill it for you and they'll take care of all of that and They might even, you know, do it right when you get there just so it's ready just in case you want. Because it does take a while to fill up those tubs. They're very big. And so you might ask them when you first get there if they don't offer already, hey, can you please fill the birthing tub? I'm really going to probably want to use that. And so they'll get it filling while you're kind of getting settled in. And then it will just be ready for you when you want it. Well, that sounds so luxury. Please draw me a bath. Yeah, some hospitals do that too um, if they have a birthing tub. Not all hospitals have that, but most birthing centers will have a tub. Now, they will definitely let you labor in a tub, but some birthing centers might not allow you to give birth in a tub. So they might not allow you to push the baby out while you're in the water. What causes people to want to birth in a tub? So there is some evidence that pushing the baby out while you're in a tub has a potential to reduce tearing. Very cool. But that also might be associated with laboring in a tub as well. They haven't done a study where it's like you labor in the tub and then push on the bed and see. So it was mm-hmm. like kind of all kind of intertwined. 
And a lot of studies are difficult when it comes to giving birth because there's so many rules and there's so many different Mm -hmm. variations and, you know, every birth is so different. So it can be hard. The study that, that I'm thinking of, they did say that it could be from just being in the water in general, not necessarily pushing inside the water. Okay. So there's still benefits, even if you're comfortable you're having orgasms every <laughs> contraction. <laughs> There's still some benefit from the tearing aspect to take a little soak. And is that bath just water or is there like Epsom salts or is it supposed to be nothing in the water? It's just water. Okay. Are there tubs um, that are suitable for plus size women as well? Yeah. So usually the tubs are fairly large, so okay. you shouldn't have a problem getting in there. That's why it takes so long to fill up because they're they're big. They're not like teeny tiny tubs like in a regular house. Okay. And you don't want to put like any like bubble baths or anything in there because you can potentially be in the tub for hours at a time. And that's going to really irritate like your urethra and your, you know, just skin in general. So just water is best. Also, if you want to... You mentioned Epsom salts. Epsom salts are magnesium sulfate. And so that actually decreases contraction strength. They give that to women that are going into preterm labor to like stop their labor. So you don't want to soak in Epsom salts while you're in labor unless you're trying to slow it down for some reason. (laughs) But I don't know why. No, thank you. (laughs) you (laughs) Oh my gosh, Ashley, you're smart. Thanks. (laughs) For people who do want to give birth in water, how does that work? <laughs> like, how, like I, obviously, like, a baby is in fluid in utero, so, like, that's a thing. But is there something that they have to pull out? Like, how are they able to go from fluid to air or fluid to water to air? Oh, okay. So they don't pull anything out. So your baby gets oxygen through the umbilical cord. So it goes uterus, then placenta, then umbilical cord, and then baby. So all of the oxygen that baby gets comes through the umbilical cord. So as long as they're still attached to the umbilical cord, then they do okay. And then as soon as baby comes out, they bring baby out of water. Baby takes their first breath, and then they start learning how to breathe air wild to think about I know okay wait so as long as they're attached to the umbilical cord they know that they don't need to breathe air well babies when they're in utero they are you know swallowing amniotic fluid fluid they're like you know breathing all that stuff in all the time and when they go through the birth canal it kind of compresses their lungs squeezes out the fluid and then they come out and then they breathe and then it's air So when they're born, you know, a lot of times you'll see like the doctor suction out the baby because there's a lot of fluid in there. There's not a lot of evidence that suctioning a baby is does any benefit, but that's that was the thought of why they were doing it, because there's still fluid in their body. Interesting. And so if they if somebody is birthing via C-section, is anything different need to happen to get that fluid out or is it? The baby will clear out. the fluid okay. and they make sure that everything's going well and they'll have, you know, NICU specialists on site and, and making sure that baby's doing well and breathing okay and all that stuff. 
Interesting. These little things that I never thought about until talking to you. It's amazing. I love it. You guys, humans are very cool. So cool. The more I learn, the more I want to learn because they're just like, it's just like the little things that you don't even think about, you know, Mm -hmm. like just like the little tiny things like the squeezing of the baby, like Mm -hmm. the bacteria that gets on the baby from the birth canal, like all of this stuff is just crazy. It's just so cool. Very cool. Okay, so you're hanging out in a bath, no Epsom salts in there, (laughs) and I say, oh, I think I'm going to have a baby right now. Yeah, that's exactly how you'll say it. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, and I want to be on the bed. Yeah, so you'll start feeling pressure when when baby starts moving down the birth canal, you'll feel pressure, Um, you may even feel an urge to push. That's very common, especially without an epidural, and it will feel really intense. So at that point, or whenever you feel comfortable going to the bed, if you're not planning on pushing inside the tub, you'll go over to the bed. Somebody will help you get over there because at that point, baby's going to be pretty low and it's going to be difficult to walk because essentially they're like in between your legs, you know, so I mean, they're not out yet, but it will feel like that because of where they are in your pelvis. So you'll, somebody will help you out of the tub and you'll kind of waddle over to the bed and you'll get in whatever position you want to. You don't have to lay down if you don't want. You can even stand up if you want, you know, whatever position that feels good to you in that moment, that's the position you should be pushing in. And also whatever position that your midwife is comfortable with, that's the position that you should be pushing in. Okay. Is the bath padded? Like, can you be on your knees comfortably? Like, what does the bathtub look like? Yeah, so it's just a bathtub. It's a big tub, but it's a bathtub. And so, yeah, it's not cushioned. Um, Because then if you stood up on a cushioned surface, that might be slippery. That's a little dangerous. So Mm -hmm. it's just a, a hard surface tub. But you can put towels underneath your knees to cushion them. Or some places have waterproof pillows that you can use when you're in the tub. So those are options to keep you comfy while you're in there. Okay. So really your bag. Or you can also bring like those blow up bath pillows. Mm -hmm. If you're planning on being in the tub for a long time, um, you can always blow those up and put them wherever you need them as well. Yeah, I was just going to say in your like go bag. Mm Mm-hmm. Which go bag is for when you're running away from the law. What's your bag when you go to like your hospital your bag? Your hospital bag. We're on the run. We gotta have this <laughs> we baby gotta now. Go. <laughs> okay. So in your hospital bag, then that could be if you're if you have a tub, something that you would bring. You could bring it, okay. but they usually have things you can use at the facility. Okay. Like most of the stuff you think about at a facility, they're going to have like a, a birthing ball. They're going to have those. They're going to have pillows. They're going to have sheets. They're going to have, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so you can bring it if you want that or if that makes you feel more comfortable or you just like yours better, then you can bring that. But they're going to have most of the the things you need like that. Okay. So you walk over to the bed. You're in your comfortable position. Labor is great. Is there any benefit? So we talked about um, positioning in our home birth episode. Is there any benefit of leaving the bathtub a little bit early before you feel that pushing need in case you need to kind of do some things to help shift baby? No. Okay. No. 
any movement that you do during labor is actually really good. Laying, just like laying down during labor, makes it more likely that your baby will be in a difficult position. So it doesn't even necessarily matter all the time what position you're in, as long as you're moving in different positions, like every 30 minutes. You want to keep your body moving, you want to keep your your pelvis opening and, and moving at different angles and all of that stuff. The more you move, the better. But you also don't want to tire yourself out. So it's like a balance. Like if you're feeling tired, definitely lay down and rest. You don't have to keep moving the entire time because you want to make sure you have enough energy to push. Mm-hmm. But keep keeping it moving is really, really good when you're in, in labor. So any movement is not going to is gonna cause, cause a problem, especially when baby's that far down on the pelvis. It's usually okay. Okay. How many, like how much energy are you actually feeling like you're burning from slightly moving every 30 minutes? You will likely be exhausted during the laboring process. And once you pass through transition, which is the shortest time of labor, but also the most intense part of labor, you're going to feel super tired and your body kind of in a lot of births, it kind of, I don't want to say shuts down, but like, you'll like, look like you're asleep. Like it will be, you'll, people looking at you will be like, she's asleep. How is she going to push this baby out? But then you get like all this adrenaline when you have that urge to push and it's so intense and you're like, my baby's coming. (laughs) And then you're going to push out your baby and you almost always have the energy to do it. It's a miracle. It's like, you'll be just like passed out, exhausted and then it's time to push and you're going to pop that baby right on out. Just kidding. It takes a while. But. <laughs> what if a person doesn't have that energy? So it's always possible to feel like you don't have that energy, but physically you will be able to do it. Okay. Unless your baby is in a bad position and they kind of get stuck. Then we have another thing to think about. Mm-hmm. So if you've been pushing for a really, really long time, and baby's not moving down, it's either you're pushing the wrong way, you're pushing with the wrong muscles, or your baby is stuck. And at that point, then they would start thinking about other options and and how they're going to get baby out. All right, so baby comes out, flawless performance, (laughs) then what? Then it's kind of similar to at a hospital. They have checks that they'll do on the baby, make sure baby's safe, make sure baby's healthy and breathing and their heart sounds good and all that stuff. Do they They, do the like APGAR and stuff, same as hospitals? Yep, so they're going to want to check everything that that they they check on baby just like at a hospital. And they'll do the golden hour at a birthing center. They are probably more focused on helping you get breastfeeding going properly you'll probably get more time with somebody helping you get the baby to latch and all of that stuff and and just making you make sure making sure you're comfortable with breastfeeding before you go home you'll most likely have more time with that but not necessarily always so ask them about what their policy is after baby's born you know how that process goes what they offer what they don't and so that way you know what to expect Oftentimes, if you have a doula, the doula can also help with that, but not always. Ask questions. (laughs) So what I'm learning is that the birthing process is fairly customizable with some guardrails, and the more you ask, the more you know, because I don't think anybody's really providing 
every answer. That is themselves. the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> so mm. true. So, so true. Birth is very customizable. There are a lot of options because births are all so different. And sometimes they're going to offer you options, but most of the time they're just going to say either what they want to do or what is easiest to do or what is fastest to do. And it's your job to say, okay, I don't like the easy, quick, fast, easy, you know, option that you want to do. I wanted to do this. Is this an option? And they'll be like, yeah, we could do that. So yeah, always, always ask questions. If something sounds terrible or you just don't agree with it or want to do it, always ask if there's another option because there usually is. Not always, but usually. Meals at a birthing center. Do they have a cafeteria same as hospital? That's going to depend on the birthing center. Okay. So definitely ask those questions. I would say they typically wouldn't. They typically would be like, you can order food or, you know, go get your own food mm-hmm. or bring your own food in from home. Are there any rules about bringing food in? You'd have to ask them that too. Okay. After birthing hour, or sorry, after golden hour and all of that, um, is there anything that differs from the hospital experience? Are you still in there for a day or two? Yeah, you're usually there for a day, like 24 hours, just to make sure baby's good, you're good, everything's good, and then they'll send you home. Okay, and visitors, visitor hours are similar? Yeah, I mean, right now, you know, COVID life, <laughs> visitor stuff is kind of weird, so. And I'm sure that will differ between birthing centers also, what their policies are. Okay, and then the breastfeeding education and is you said was stronger than a hospital potentially? Potentially, yeah, typically. Okay, and is there any other education that you would get for postpartum at a birthing center that would differ from a hospital? Maybe you would get more um, postpartum help uh, at a birthing center with a midwife, but typically it's like six weeks, how are you doing? Great, bye. That is a that brings me to this question mm-hmm. is so you have your postpartum appointment is that with is that at your birthing center so it would be with the doctor who delivered your baby or the care provider that delivered your baby so if you had it at a birthing center your checkup would be with your midwife okay unless you have a complication and then you would have to go see a doctor and then if like this is way after. So you have your baby, whatever you have, not whatever you have your baby. <laughs> um, it's wonderful. And if you are dealing with anything, any issues, either emotional or physical, do you go to your midwife? Do you go to your OB? So that just depends on what the issue is and what kind of midwife you have, because not all midwives are able to prescribe medication. Only a certified midwife would be able to prescribe medication. So it's still important, even if you have a birth at a birthing center, to have an OB that you like. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't even, once you have your baby, it doesn't even necessarily have to be an OB. For one, if it's like a breastfeeding issue, OBs are not very highly trained in breastfeeding most of the, most of the time. And so, you know, they'll prescribe you antibiotics if you have an infection, but you can get that at any doctor. Okay. And are birthing centers more of a resource center than a hospital or 
Is it just a different experience for birth? Typically, it's just a different experience for birth, but they might have like an offshoot, like we offer this resource or we offer different things like that. Okay. Is the partner of the person giving birth offered any experiences that they wouldn't be able to have at a hospital? No, they can be just as involved or not involved (laughs) as they would be at a hospital birth. I hope they'd be involved, but. Okay. Is there like a 1950s cigar room at the birthing center? Definitely not. (laughs) That is definitely not happening at either place. Um, Maybe at a home birth, you could have (laughs) like a room in your house dedicated for cigar smoking. Like you would do it. I can't think of anything else. Okay, so to cap it all off, to uh, what's it called when you like bring everything together? And in conclusion. Yeah. So in conclusion, a birth center is a very nice hybrid between a home birth and a hospital birth. If you are at a birthing center that is either inside or right next to a hospital, it makes emergencies easier and uh, a little less scary if something goes wrong because you're right there. But if in a freestanding one, their emergency rates are usually pretty low, so... You should be okay because they usually don't take any patients or clients that are high risk. So there's very little chance of, of a lot of complications. Is there any statistics around birthing centers taking more or less time than a hospital birth? Like, do they let you birth for longer? Mm-hmm. I would assume so. Yes. I don't know about statistics or studies that they've done or anything like that, but I would assume that they would let you birth longer because they don't offer you many interventions. So at a hospital, if you kind of stall for a little while, they're going to be like, look, we got to get this baby out. I'm going to give you this, that, and this. You can always deny it if you don't feel comfortable with the interventions they're offering you. Uh, And at the birthing center, they would kind of just like back off or give you other ways to kind of get the labor moving because your body will stop labor under certain circumstances to protect you or protect the baby. And we'll talk about that in another podcast because that's a whole other can of worms. All right. Sounds like we have our next episode. Just kidding. I don't think we're ready for that. You're not ready. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, this is fun. I really like talking about this with you. Me too. I'm learning a ton. I hope everyone listening is learning a ton too. Me too. If you want to learn faster, you want to learn more, check out Bump Up Birth. It's a birthing program for new parents, and it has everything you need to know about birth, postpartum, and sex and intimacy after having a baby. And, I mean, Ashley's not one to, like, tote about how great she is, but it's very well done and consumable and fun to read. It's not dry or, like, you know, it doesn't feel like a textbook. It's, like, very, Yeah, and there's videos and, and, um birthing guides and planner guides and all kinds of stuff to help you. I try to make it as inclusive as possible. I try to make it as, you know, thorough as possible while still being really easy to understand. So I think that's really important. Cool. Well, I think that's all the questions I have today. Did we miss any huge topics? I mean, I think we gave the gist, you know, like the course is definitely more detailed, but we're going to get to all this stuff eventually we got a lot of episodes to film (laughs) or record (laughs) all right well see you guys bye
See you next Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us today. We had a great time with all of you. We hope to see you next Wednesday when we give you more tips about becoming a parent.